0: choose to communicate and be Mm. graceful and understanding and mindful because love is ultimately a choice.
1: Hey, you're listening to Avant Radio and I'm Alicia, your host and empowerment photographer for ladies. Beauty isn't just what is on the outside. It's the wholeness of our heart because from the overflow of our heart, we speak act and live. So I'm here helping ladies to fully embrace their strength, confidence, and wholeness to be fully beautiful inside and out. Join me as I share the tips that I've gained from my 20-year-old marriage, lessons I've learned rearing three kids, and insights uncovered from various healings God has brought me through in the past 30 years of following Him right? This middle-aged woman got some tips. All right, but but don't worry. What I'm sharing will be applicable no matter your faith. Ready, queens? Grab your crowns and let's start polishing. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me today and my friend, Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. Hey. I'm so excited that you're here today. So you're going to talk to us about marriage, but in order to do that, we need a little bit more, like, context here. So can you give us, like, a little brief Wikipedia page context into who you are and, you know, what, you know, what, like, life scenarios or situations that you're operating in or have?
0: Sure. Um, so me and my husband have been married for 12, 12 years, In January was 12. Um, we have three girls. Um, one is the oldest. She's 14. She'll be 14 in April and her, she's actually my stepdaughter, but we have had custody of her since she was like two. So, um, I have the wife role, the mom role, the stepmom role. I am a full-time employee. Um, I have Gosh. Two, tar- two turtles, a dog, a cat, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And I do a lot of um, extracurricular things with my girls. Um, and then, you know, we go to church full time. We serve. So we are have a full plate. Yeah. You're you're you're
1: I would say your plate's not even full. It's it's like bustling over.
0: It's a good Thanksgiving <laughs> plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love I love that analogy. Yeah. So you got a lot going on. You're juggling a lot. And that's that's also a lot of relationships. Yeah. Um, You know, you you have the relationships with your husband and then, of course, your children and then you have your, you know, and then it's like they're the children with the husband and and all the other like things that are happening. You just got a lot to juggle. Um, But we're talking about specifically marriage and and how to temper ourselves or balance ourselves so we can still love our husband, even though we have like 50,000 things we're doing that we're
0: juggling. Right. 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 Sometimes it is so 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 hard to um to rein yourself in whenever it comes to your husband because he's the closest person to you. And people tend to lash out to the closest person that is there. Mm-hmm. Um so it and it's also a two-way street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So,
1: can you tell me a little bit more about um so what did it look like? So let's let's go let's kind of rewind because in your 12 years you've told me that you you guys have had where you've lost family and you've had new jobs and you've lost jobs and you know you've struggled financially and you had like a brink of divorce you name it you've gone through it. Um can, is there an example of one of those things that you went through that perhaps maybe you went through and it wasn't so it wasn't done well? because of not being able to balance everything that you've had going on. um, And then I would like to see the converse of that, where it's like then you had something that you did go through, but you were able to handle it much better because you were able to balance.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I would say probably one of the hardest things that we have, ever gone through was when we moved from Alabama to Georgia. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying. We both got new jobs, um, moving all of our children while they were still in school. And plus it was literally March, 2020 the brink of COVID is when we moved. Oh, wow. Um, so we actually lived with a friend of mine who is actually no longer a friend of mine. Um, and just being in close quarters. And we were not, um, we did not attend church at that time. We had different moral problems that we were going through and it was literally, we were at a made it, make it or break it stage. And, um, we almost broke it, but we realized what was happening and we got out. Um, got our house and then it kind of simmered down from there because we were not under so much stress from living with somebody which sucks anyways um Mm -hmm. and then we found uh started going to church and stuff like that um so that was probably like the hardest i might not have answered that question
1: no you're no no no, you're good the question (laughs) the question was like so long um so so that's so you had that was the hardest part right and that hardest the, the hardest season or one of the hardest seasons that you had. And it didn't seem like you had much of a support group or community or even a relationship with God, right? To help like, right. steer you right. through that, right? But you were able to kind of see that the situation that you were in was toxic. So you you guys were able to move your family to a safer, right. Right. safer place. And as soon as you did that, uh, it seems like things started stabilizing and things like your trajectory changed, right. right?
0: Things weren't perfect when we moved, um, when we had a house, but um, they were headed in the right direction. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so fast forward now, where you have things that you know uh, more steady, more stable. Um, if there are. Things that are going on that is tense or arguments or, you know, like just a big struggle or an issue. How would, how do you guys deal with it now?
0: Okay. So right now, one of our biggest things is my husband is, um, he has a police officer and he works like shift work for the most part. Like he's six weeks days, six weeks nights, 12 hour shifts. And oh my gosh. the weeks that he is on night shift is awful. Like it just becomes i mean if you think about it if you're working from 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. every day and then your family is up from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. like you're sleeping for most of that time you don't get to, it it the way that you overcome that is with a lot of grace and a lot of patience and um acknowledgment like i have to literally acknowledge that he is not happy he's angry he's grumpy and I have to realize why he is that way, and I can't take it personally. So it comes, and we actually had a really long conversation about it last night. Um, and it, it just, grace, grace and communication is a huge, huge thing when it comes to tr- struggles in marriage.
1: Yeah. I feel like we hear that word grace a lot, but we don't necessarily sit down to kind of think about what it really means. What what does grace really mean and what does it look like in your
0: marriage? Um, To me, grace is, I wish I would have grabbed the definition of this. <laughs> Sorry, kind of sprung it on yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, so to me, grace is ultimate Forgiveness and understanding when it's not even asked for. Mm. So it's like, and I'm going to, I'm going to use Jesus as an example. We have ultimate grace through him. Right. Um, he, like, if my husband comes home and he's super angry and I just hold that against him because he's angry and I don't take into account all the things that he's going through at that time, then that's not very awesome of me. That's very selfish. Grace is not a selfish thing. It's um, forg- like forgiving and understanding when you are not, when you don't want to be. Yeah. So,
1: so how is grace then played out? So let's use that example of like, so he, he comes home from work, and he's angry, or he's upset, or you can just tell that like, maybe it was just a really tough day. And he had to deal with some really tough things that has bothered him emotionally, right? Um, So he comes home and he brings that home, regardless if he wants to or not. I I don't know how people don't, right? right, Honestly, it's like, how does that happen? How do you how do you do with that?
0: Um, How do you extend that grace? What does it look like in that moment? You let him be angry. I let him handle because we've been married for 12 years. I know for the most part, I can tell how he's going to react towards almost anything and I can read him and I can know when he is not in the mood to deal with what the children have destroyed for the day or, you know, what their grades are or what went on in my life of work and which is hard for him to understand as well, because I, I, I work from home. So him coming home, having a bad day is completely different side by side with my, my day of having a bad day. And um, so I really just let him, let him feel the way he wants to feel at that moment. As long as it's not abusive or um, derogatory towards me or the girls or anything like that. He can be mad. Like you can be mad. That's not, It's not a sin to be mad. Yeah, exactly. Um, It just depends on how you react to that anger. So I just let him be angry.
1: Yeah. So, so what I hear is, because you were talking about essentially giving him space, right? you know, it's like you, you just kind of give him a time to decompress. You make sure that like any, uh, extra problems that you know, you can deal with that doesn't need to be on his plate. Like you make sure that you handle like the kid's grades, um, you know, except maybe there are probably some times where you have to bring it up or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I usually, I'll, I'll try and save that for uh, an off day.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and that's grace, too, right there. Realizing that, like, not everything has to be unloaded onto your partner as soon you as they get like, home or right. when they're upset or like whatever. It's it's just kind of knowing. Right. Um. OK, so he's i can I can only imagine that like you guys are both like have grueling um just responsibilities, right? Just I can't imagine being a police officer. I had one friend who was really close to me and she would kind of, you know, in a very confidential manner, because it's how you have to go about it, tell me about what's going on in her life. And I think I remember almost every single time, because we would get together, we would huddle up before church and she would kind of tell me and I would kind of get the weekly prayer request, right? Of Like, Mm -hmm. this is what's going on. I think I ended up like tearing up after every single time. We talked because I was like, I can't believe this is what you deal with every single week. You know, not, not to include her things in her life going not well, right? So it's like, oh, my gosh, it's just so much. So, she, so that's a lot that he he's dealing with. And then you're juggling the family and all of that. So how in the world do you have time then to show him love?
0: Sometimes I don't want to. Like I, honestly, sometimes I I don't have the energy myself. Um,
1: and it so like, so right now, just setting the stage, it's already communicating to me that l- like love is not a feeling, but love is a choice. Right, is love what is
0: a hundred percent a choice. Like you have mm. to choose to love somebody. Um, and that that kind of brings me back to like our hard point in our marriage, like our hardest point. When we moved back to Georgia, we could have just been like, screw this. This isn't worth it. He could have moved back to Alabama. I could have stayed here in Georgia. We could have been done. But we both chose to stick it out, offer each other grace, give full communication. And a big thing is like, neither one of us like to talk about our feelings, because we don't want to offend the other person. And sometimes you just have to. Yeah. Like you have to, you have, he can't, he doesn't know how I'm feeling all the time. Just as I don't know how he's feeling. Sometimes when I think he's being angry, he's really not being angry. And sometimes when he thinks that I'm completely okay, I'm not, I'm furious and fuming inside. Yeah. And so it comes down to a huge communication and actually choosing to stick it out, to go one more day with that person because you are your own person and your spouse is also their own person. So you have to choose to, to mix your life with another, a whole nother being that is typically nothing like yourself. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is the very reason why you ended up liking them Cause you're yes. like, Oh, he's this, that and the other. Yeah. Yeah. So to tell me more about communication, because I feel like it's one of those things, again, like Grace, we talk about a lot with like broad strokes, but it's the finer details that kind of elude us.
0: So help us with okay. your... So actually, I'm super excited about this because this is something that we have recently within the past two months gotten really, really good on. Um we were struggling really bad and every time we would talk to each other, we would just both take super offense to it and get angry and it would be ineffective when we would try to talk. So we actually went to a marriage counselor Um, and we only went one time. It was, seems like it, we heard what we needed to hear and we had a plan. And so what we do every single Okay, every other Monday night is our date night. It does not matter what is going on that day. We do not schedule anything for Monday night. Um, unless it's softball. We will reschedule for softball. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our priority. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so um, the girls know that every other Monday is on our calendar. It says date night. Every other Monday, mom and dad are going out to dinner and they're going to go do whatever they want to do. And we're responsible for feeding ourselves, bathing ourselves and getting ourselves ready for the next day of school. So, um, and during the state night, we do no phones. We don't talk about work. We don't talk about kids. It, like those are our three main rules. It, we literally can only talk about each other or um, anything else that is outside of those. No phones, no work, no kids. And then we also have, because kids aren't that great at communicating either. So Mm -hmm. um, we have implemented a discussion night. And we do it the Thursday before our date night. And we're not really good about this part of it. But um, we jot down what we want to discuss, either something that's bothering us or something we need the kids to like up their game on, like picking up after themselves, Um, a behavior that either he, that I'm annoying him with or he's annoying me with that we need to work on. Um, And we save it for the Thursday night before date night so that we can all discuss it, get it off our minds, off the table, like be done with it before date night. That way, through the whole week, you're not, here, this is annoying me. And then the next day, you're like, well, this is annoying me. And then the next day, you're fussing at the kids because their backpacks on the couch. It's, you save it all for one day and be done with it. Don't discuss it anymore except for that one day. And then move on. Wow, this this sounds so amazing. Okay, so I have so many questions
1: because I'm trying to figure out like how can I how can I put this into practice? Um because it's one of the things that I've realized with Ali, my oldest, is that um like she would hear me just keep saying over and over like, "Hey, do the dishes," or "You forgot mm-hmm. to do this thing," or whatever. And then it's like she's like, "You must think that I'm absolutely horrible because <laughs> it's all that's all I hear from you is that like I'm I am not stacking up in these ways. And I'm like, but I told you you're great at all these other things. And she just doesn't anyway. So I can see how that would be really helpful because if you have a day, then you know, you can save it and then you can know you can address it. Right. 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 Now is everybody, is everybody addressing everybody in this? Like, like, so we're like circled around a table or the living room or whatever. And it's like Alia then goes and she shares her grievances And then Ava goes and she shares her grievances and then I go and I show mine and then dad goes and he shares
0: his. And it's
1: like,
0: that's typically how we do it. Like when I was growing up, so we didn't do it like scheduled when I was growing up, but we called them family powwows because we would literally sit in a circle in the living room. And typically it was just us getting in trouble for something. Um, and being told that we need to fix it. But the way that we do it is we've really only had like maybe two discussion nights Mm -hmm. and it would probably be better if um, you're struggling a lot with communication problems to do it every once a week. We kind of do it once a month. But um, like this last one, we literally sat in the living room and we told the girls were like, this is what's going on in our lives. Um, Cause my husband was looking at becoming canine, which it fell through. And we, you know, discussed them like the pros and cons of what was going to happen. Um, the possibility of our whole lives changing because of getting a canine dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we discussed, you know, what we need them to up their game on as far as helping out around the house. Because I mean, there's, they're 14, nine and eight. They're old enough to do things I'm yes I'm their mother I'm not their butler so um and then Haley I think Haley was really my oldest she was the only one that had something extra say and she was just like I I think it was the bathroom because they share a bathroom she was like if the bathroom looks dirty please clean it because I'm the only person that cleans this bathroom (laughs) So she had a chance to voice how she felt and what yeah. she wanted help on and correction with. So yeah, it's it's like a, now if it was something more personal and intimate, then of course we would save it for just between us and not involve the yeah. children. But okay. yeah, it, it's a, a family affair. So what happens? So like Haley mentioned something about the bathroom.
1: What happens when the other kids are like, no, I clean it up. <laughs>
0: That's when I step in and I'm like, no, you don't clean it up. I am the all seeing mother. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like your socks have been in that bathroom floor for two weeks. You should go pick them up. And by the way, turn them the right way before they go in the hamper so that I don't have to put my hands in your dirty socks.
1: <laughs> and your nasty socks. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, okay. So gosh, I want to go back to the communication thing. I want to go back to, I want to go back to, um, the date that you you have with your husband. Is this also where, like, you guys talk about... No, because you said that you try to get it all done on Thursday or, like, you know, privately if there's something mm-hmm. that's more... Um, we do don't you find...
0: About, we don't talk about bad things on date night. Okay. What... I'm just like, what do you... <laughs>
1: If you can't talk about children or work, what Girl, else
0: is there to talk was, about? The first two date nights were so awkwardly weird. Like <laughs> we literally just sat, I said the first one we went to Vicks on the river and we had one of those two top tables where you have to sit across from each other. And yeah. we are that super cheesy couple that sits next to each other in restaurants just because mm. we're just lame like that, I guess. But we had to sit across from each other and like, I'm sitting there and I'm like looking at the wall and the ceiling. And so we talked about this with our, our marriage counselor and he told us, he's like, it's going to be super awkward because you're not going to have any idea what you're going to talk about. Cause you can't yeah. talk about work. You can't talk about kids and you can't talk about any of the issues that you have going on. So he was like, what we do and we have actually tried this out and it's actually pretty, Interesting. So you can pick, we're people watchers. Me and my husband are both super people watchers. And you pick a couple or group or whatever that is eating in the vicinity that you are out of earshot, by the way. <laughs> they cannot hear you.
1: I'm just getting more and-, and more insecure. I'm just like, oh no, you're the type of people that I'm worried about. I'm like, oh, did somebody
0: just see that I dropped a meatball in my lap? And no, no, no. So <laughs> you make up their story. Uh, like, um, I think our fourth date is kind of where we kind of implemented this. And there was this older couple across and they got like a four course dinner. And I oh, was hey. like, dude, they are eating so much. <laughs> but I was like, so do you think they have kids? And he's like, yeah, they probably have a boy and a girl and they're older two grandchildren and they have a tiny teacup poodle or something that the wife loves and he can't stand that dog. (laughs) So it's like, it literally, it like makes you giggle and it just kind of like leads into other conversations. So then you're like, I would never, babe, I promise I'll never get a teacup poodle. I know you don't like those. (laughs) Like it just kind of like lead. And then you go, so what was your favorite pet that we've ever had? And it just yeah. builds on that. So it's like yeah. almost like an icebreaker. Another thing that we've done is on our first date night, I went to Target before, we, before our date. And I bought this game called Deep Dive. And it is literally, it has three categories of cards. And you just pick a card and it has a question. And so there's Icebreaker and then there's Deep and then there's Deeper. And some of them are like, what's the, what's the worst haircut you've ever had? Um, and then that would be like an icebreaker. And then deeper would be, what's your dream vacation? And then deepest, one of them that I can really remember because my answer was irrelevant, was, have you ever saved anybody's life? So I'm like, no, I've never saved anybody's life. And he's like, I can't count how many times I've saved people's life because, because of his profession, you know. So yeah. sometimes you get really bad draws on the cards, but they actually help a lot. Yeah. Do you just kind of like take them? Like you have a Ziploc bag and you like bring them with? or something? So uh, before we leave on our date night, I pick one from each category and uh-huh. we kind of work on it on the way there, like we we go over the icebreaker. And like I said, sometimes you get really crap cards. You're like, how do you even discuss this? I don't even this is dumb. This shouldn't even be in here. Right. But um you kind of just build off of it from that. So it's really like they're good conversation starters.
1: Yeah. I think that, I think that unspoken thing here is, I mean, you've been with him for 12 years. You probably knew him obviously before you got married. So like what, what's the total <laughs> amount of time that you've had? with him? Okay.
0: So, um, the first time that we told each other, we loved each other was April 5th, 2009.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I so- love you. You have a date. Like, do you, I'm surprised you don't have it down to the time. I mean, yeah, come no, on, it okay. was, it was
0: like, it was really late. It was, it was really late at night and he tricked me into it. So there's that.
1: that's cute. Um, so, so my point where I was headed was when you feel like you've known, you've been with someone for so long, you sometimes feel like you even know, like you have those questions and you know what the answers were going to would be. Right. Mm -hmm. So, or, or that's where you, you also get into like in the date scenario and you can't talk about these things because the children in the work, those are, Always changing, and so that's probably one of the one of the reasons why people kind of default to that because it's easy. This is what happened today. It's different um, because if you're with someone for so long, it's like, golly, I, 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 I know past memories. You know, like I, me and Desmond have been together since 1999. It's like I, 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 I know what his worst haircut was. I mean, I was right. like with him for his whole entire life. You know, um, but so it so the the point that i'm trying to make granted i'm going like around my butt to get to my elbow to get, make it is that i feel like i would know his answers so therefore i would be at a loss of of questions to even or topics to bring up or you know conversation starters at that
0: point it's kind of fun to guess which one it would be because <clears throat> i think one of the questions that we had was what was the worst color you ever dyed your hair and I was like, you've never dyed your hair. And he was like, oh, yeah, I've been blonde. I was like, no, you have not. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, there's no way that you've been blonde. He was like, yeah. And I was like, he was like, you've only been brown and black, right? And I was like, no, I've been blonde, brown, black, red, like, all of them. So it, you kind of like, that's at the point where you think you know the answer. And you guess yeah. the answer. Yeah. Oh. Because there's sometimes okay. like. Now in your case, like y'all have been together, I think I was going into sixth grade in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. you have a, you have a a, a a an advantage on me on that one. But um there's some things where you wouldn't think to to talk about that. Like right. I probably gave my husband his worst haircut. So <laughs> like I would know that answer too, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. So, while you're you know, so in the twelve years, um has there been any helpers along the way, and how did they help you? Absolutely. So
0: the first I would say the first biggest helper would be was my dad. Um, there were sometimes so some very brief backstory on that. I, my dad raised me by himself from when I was eighteen months old until I was eight when he met my stepmom wow. um and he hated my husband at first and hated him and but as we you know as he got to know him we he he sean grew on him um and there were some times where i would call my dad because we were so close um and i would complain to him and he'd be like becky come on now like are you really mad about that that's a dumb reason to be mad um and so he would reel me back in and, you know, we kind of worked through it through that. But then my dad passed away in 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, that was one of the the big hits. Um, 2014 was a bad year for Sean and I. His mom passed away in February and my grandmother passed away in March and my dad passed away in June. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was an awful year. So um, when I lost my dad, my middle child was almost one yeah and at that time was when it was really close to the time my dad passed away I started um getting really close to Sean's ex-wife's grandmother it's a really weird relationship but (laughs) she is totally my adopted grandmother and she is the person that I go to now She is our helper. He goes to her. I go to her. And not only just for like relationship advice or to vent, but if I need somebody to pray for me, she is the first person I'll go to. Like, I don't know what it is about her prayers, but God hears them super loud. It's probably because she's so stubborn. (laughs) I love that she is her and my dad were definitely my, our top supporters. That's awesome. It's, it's in order to have supporters,
1: you have to be vulnerable. And both of those instances you were talking about, like you went to your dad and you shared, you went, you know, to eat your Sarah great grandmother and you, you know, you shared and it's like you, and That's what I what I see a lot is that people don't have the support because they don't or they're not going to healthy people. Right. Or they're not
0: realizing that, like,
1: there is quality of support, you know,
0: or even like if they seek support, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear the answer. Like, you don't want to hear bad things about yourself. Like my dad was like, Becky, seriously, why are you acting like that? For this Mm -hmm. small insignificant thing, I mean, I can't come up with an example right now because it was so many years ago. But I I vividly remember him telling me, "Girl, you just need to let it go. Just let it go." And that's not what I wanted to hear at the time at all, right? Because most of the time, you know, when you go to vent to somebody, what you want is you want them to be supportive, validate why you're venting. Like you want to be like, "Oh no, they did not. I cannot believe that." (laughs) In reality, sometimes you just need somebody to be like, "Okay." this is ridiculous. Let this go.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that's rare and rare these days. Right. Um, it's rare and rare. Yeah. So the fact that you had that is awesome. And I definitely would recommend people to have that. And I, and I think that you can't get that unless you really live life with people on a vulnerable and consistent basis. Right. 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 Like I, I haven't had a relationship like that, I would say in years until I got into this very particular small group that I've been in. And we've been meeting for about a year and we, and it's only two other ladies. So it's only three of us. Um, and we are exceptionally vulnerable with each other. And so I feel like they're the only ones because oftentimes when I go and I tell somebody, if they give me any feedback, back that I don't want to hear it's like oh you don't know really the situation or you don't really know me or whatever and it's like I don't really have that with these ladies because I've been so vulnerable that they do they do know me and so what they say has more weight and that's obviously the very the same thing with those two people that you had um okay so Applying those grace and applying communication, that's kind of like the theme here in in this marriage conversation that we've had it. Um, What are some pitfalls that you can like you run into in trying to apply that grace and trying to ensure that you have that communication? What are what are the pitfalls, the
0: obstacles that you run into? Um, Sometimes you just don't want to. You don't want to be graceful. You want to put yourself first as a human being. Human beings are just generally selfish, like. We can't Mm -hmm. help it. It's just all about us. It's the, the fight or flight thing. Like you, you're about you. Um, So sometimes you don't want to offer grace. You don't want to understand why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. Um, So that's a big pitfall because you have to, and like, I'm probably going to pull from your next question. (laughs) The way to get out of that pitfall is you just have to be mindful. Like, and like my personal therapist told me this This is something that I have struggled with. Um, Be mindful of how you're feeling and be mindful of how other people may be feeling as well. Um, Which -hmm. you might not be right on how they're feeling, but if you pay attention to how you're feeling and you actually, everybody's heard it before. Think before you speak, but most people don't really practice it. right? Um, So if he were to come in and I'm just fuming mad because I've told somebody to put their shoes up five times in a row and now I'm going to start getting irritated with everybody and taking it out on him. He could either respond one of two ways. He could be like, stop being such a butthole to everybody or he can take rain on the situation and be like, your mother has asked you to pick your shoes up five times, go put them away. If she didn't have to ask you this many times, then she wouldn't be as angry as she is. So it's yeah. like it's it's a balance and a mindful balance from both parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: Desmond had to do something like that the other day and it was, you know, it's like I was getting so frustrated and then Desmond stepped in and it's like, man. I never felt like I, I was a princess that I needed to be rescued. But in that mm-hmm. moment, like he was totally my knight in shining armor and he just like, you know, supported There's,
0: me. Like, last week, there was um one time where I was just really, really mad because the kids weren't doing what I'd asked them to do. And I was angry at them and yelling at them. And he did step in and he told them what to do. But then later he didn't validate my feelings. He literally sat down and he was like, you really shouldn't do it like that. He was like, if you want it done appropriately, you need to stop giving them so many chances. Like, he gave me, like, a pep talk, pep talk on the back end. So, that, like, almost, like, empowering me to not allow myself to get that angry over something again.
1: So and he's, awesome.
0: he's also a big supporter of me and my feelings. That's really awesome. That's so cool. Um, Okay, so
1: let's see. Actually, I think that's the end of our questions. Girly, you killed it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing is um, the thesis statement, right? The thing that we really
0: want like a person to walk away with. What is that? Um, Open communication but it has to be with grace and understanding and mindfulness. Grace, yeah. understanding mindfulness will just make the communication so much easier, but both parties have to be acceptable to it. Like you can't allow just yourself to be the one that's being graceful because that will open doors to abuse. And mm-hmm. I mean, phys- not physical, but I mean, I guess it could be physical, but mental and emotional and like your feelings are valid. You can't help but feel the way that you feel. Yeah. But just having a partner that is open to the communication and will actually work on both sides of it, helping you be a better person and trying to make themselves a better person. Yeah. And I think one thing to add to that
1: is grace and communication but patience with yourself because it's, and them, because it takes a long time to learn it. Yes. Because, I mean, I, I'm kind of looking back in my relationship with my husband and it's like, I really wasn't in relationships that needed this kind of consistency, quality, vulnerability, you know, and, and, and just absolute transparency. I mean, obviously you never really have those conversations with your parents. Oftentimes it's very much like, I'm your mom. This is what it says. This is how it's going to be. It's my house. You know what I mean? So like, there's not really a like, all right, let's have a dialogue back and forth and like really kind of share our feelings.
0: Right. And not many kids want advice from their parents, especially when it comes to relationship advice. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that a lot of us build on our own and yeah. Yeah. Patience is a huge
1: thing. Yeah. And and practice. And it's like understanding that it takes, it takes a while. One of the, one of the things that Desmond and I did really early on in our marriage, because we realized that whenever we were arguing, it was going around and around and around in circles. Yes. yes. Is that, uh, yeah, like you end up saying the same thing, but like five different times and it's like, and then he would pull something else and we would go over there and be like, but we never dealt with this original, like, you know, branch of the conversation. Um, I started, I got a journal, I got like a journal and I would literally go, I think X, Y, and Z and Desmond would be like, yep. okay, I think X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay. Or ABC. I'm like, okay, ABC. And then, I mean, it was very like, thankfully he was into philosophy. I had a major in philosophy, so it was very theorem based.
0: Yeah, Yeah. <laughs>
1: but like, but we wrote down because what was great is that by the end of it, He would go like, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if we go up, like, you know, one page (laughs) over, three paragraphs
0: up, you actually said. Right, right. I mean, and like different things work for different people, you know, but you have to actually choose to work on. Okay, so thesis. Choose to communicate and be Mm -hmm. graceful and understanding and mindful. Because love is ultimately a choice.
1: Yeah. Amen. That's a great, that's a great ending right there. <laughs> Rebecca, I really, I really appreciate you being very vulnerable, sharing with us, sharing with the Yvonne, um because all, all we are are women empowering women. And the best way for us to get stronger is to be transparent with one another. And that just like we continually lift each other up. So I'm excited to know because I know that someone will hear this and I know that it will be encouraging for them. So just Absolutely. thank you so much for sharing. Queens, thank you so much for sticking with me to the end. How's your crowns looking? Hopefully this episode has helped you see something to polish or given you an encouragement to keep at it. You are worth it. God made you with wholeness and freedom in mind. You are beautiful. If this helped you, Queen, please, please, please share this with others who might benefit from it, too. A little bit more about the studio. Avant serves ladies in the Savannah and surrounding areas, and I'd love to help you in my studio with an art or boudoir session. You can see what it's all about in our ladies-only Facebook group. Link is in the show notes. Until next time, Queens, shine on.